I'm joined on the line by Terence Govender, who's chairman of the South African Renewable Energy Council. Uh, Terence, thank you very much, sir, for joining us. And uh, I'm sure you're very happy at the signing of this uh, IPP deal. Uh, good afternoon to you, Aubrey, and, and to the listeners. Yeah, I, I think everyone is, uh, you know, quite excited that uh, finally after, you know, a two or three year period that we finally get to sign these contracts and, uh, you know, make sure that IPPs play a major role in the generation mix in this country. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the whole idea of the generation mix. Uh, you'll remember that former President uh, Jacob Zuma was understood to be, I suppose, the advocate of the nuclear part of that uh, of that mix. Uh, and what does it now look like? Are we still talking about a mix or is the accent still very much on nuclear? Hello, Terence. Is Terence Governor still there? Terence, can you hear me? All right, let's see if we can get uh, Chairman of the South African Renewable Energy Council. Well, uh, he said that everybody's happy about this. Uh, I know that one organization isn't, and uh, we'll be speaking to them in a few moments' time, and that's NUMSA. Uh, I'll be speaking to uh, NUMSA's Pagami Lechlubi. You remember that they'd interdicted the whole process of the signing of this deal. Well, the, si- the deal has been signed, and I wonder where uh, NUMSA stands at this point and what the reasons for their aversion to the signing of this uh, particular deal. Terence Governor joins me again. Terence, sorry about that. I'm not really sure what happened there. But uh, you were talking about the energy mix, right? And I'd be interested to find out what that actually means. But I was asking the question around pe- President... Um, uh, President Jacob Zuma, having been seen to have been a big advocate of the nuclear side of the production of energy, uh, is the mix slightly more, more of a real mix or are we still really still focusing on, uh, on nuclear at this stage? Aubrey, the integrated resource plan, uh, this is the energy plan that is modeled by the Department of Energy, uh, is currently going a a, a review at this stage. So at the moment, we do have a IRP 2010 that's been approved, and it has in it a mixture of technologies, coal, renewable energy, gas, hydro, uh, and nuclear as well. So the... and, And that... And that plan is supposed to be reviewed every two years. You know, the economy changes, power demands change. Yeah. So you've got to look at these policies uh, quite often. Yeah. So, so from that point of view, we went through a review late last year. Yeah. And that IRP is now still with the Department of Energy. And they will decide shortly uh, whether it's going to go through a final review or it's going to be published as is. So, so we are also waiting to see what's going to happen with the new policy. Yeah. We're told that uh, something like 58,000 jobs are going to be created by this process. How is that going to happen, Terence? And I, I'm asking this because uh, I, suppose right, uh, I suppose rightfully so. Organizations such as the NUMSA uh, or NUMSA have uh, raised that alarm bell to say, listen, uh, this may co- cost people jobs how how are these jobs going to be created you know Aubrey the the, the generation mix uh, like I said uh, does have a certain quota for coal and renewables and what the independent power producer office does is procure according to the IRP so they've now procured with certain rules uh, for renewables um, the IPPs will have to adhere to certain local content targets they will have to ensure there's certain minimums of African 
participation in the project, BEE and non-BEE. Very importantly, during the construction and operation, these IPPs have to ensure certain amount of spend. Now, the project that was signed uh, last night, 15 billion rand over 20 years will be spent on socio-economic and economic development activities. So that's quite significant. Now, during the construction phase, remember, Aubrey, this this contracts that were signed yesterday are not the first of the kind in South Africa. We we do have over 4,000 to 5,000 megawatts of renewables already in operation. So since 2011, we've been creating the skills in the country, and now we will be using them. And at the same time, we'll be bringing in uh, new jobs uh, during the construction and O&M period. I don't know whether you'd be in a position to answer this specific question, Terence, and maybe it's a question that needs to be asked directly to Eskom. But uh, I do a different show overnight, and I had calls from young people who had been uh, uh, trained by Eskom as, as engineers to monitor, I suppose, whatever uh, whatever technical th- issues that uh, involve the distribution of power, and many of them have now been uh, retrenched. Uh, are you, as the South African Renewable Energy Council, uh, aware of these retrenchments or these removal of these young people, many of them young people, and what are you going to do about that specific issue, uh, given the fact that uh, these uh, youngsters have been trained specifically for ESCOM-related issues, and now, because of this deal, I am told, uh, have now been removed uh, from employment. Uh, you know, you know, Aubrey, I've, I've heard those statements a few times, um, and I think you know we have to look at renewables as complementing all the. Oh, Terence Governor, I've lost Terence Governor. All right, uh, uh, maybe we'll get him back. Uh, uh, interested to hear from you as to all of this. But uh, in the bigger picture of things, do you think this is the way that South Africa needs to go to integrate various types of energy production ways? I'd be interested to hear your thoughts about that. Um, and of course, if you know about the retrenchment uh, of those interns who had been trained in certain um, skills, uh, energy production skills by Eskom. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts, uh, with regards to the fact that they've now been, um, they've now been retrenched as a result of this particular process. I am, uh, now joined on the line by NUMSA spokesperson Pagamile Machola, who joins me now. Pagamile, thank you very much for joining us. I really appreciate your time. Uh, I was listening to Eyewitness News talking about, uh, the NUM. Uh, very, very unhappy about the signing off of this particular deal. What is your position uh, now that it has been signed off? I know that you had uh, gone to court to interdict the process to stop them from signing this. What are your feelings now that it has been signed? Indeed. Uh, thank you, Aubrey, for having me. Yes, uh, as NUMSA, our position with regards to the IPPs and the signing of the deal has not changed. Whilst it is true that our application was dismissed on the basis that we did not meet the urgency requirement, the judge did not take the time to apply his mind to the merits of the case. And we believe very strongly that there are very good legal reasons for, for us to approach the court and fight on this issue. Um, you'll remember, Aubrey, that from last year when uh, President Jacob Zuma, former President Jacob Zuma, made the announcement that ESCOM would be signing on the IPPs. 
ESCOM, uh, ESCOM's Kulu Pasiwe, to be specific, on various platforms, including on EWN, confirmed that the conclusion of those contracts would mean the automatic closure of four coal-powered fires, power, coal-fired power stations in Bumalanga mm. and the loss of thousands of jobs. Now, ESCOM last year in July commissioned research by KPMG to analyze the economic impact of those coal uh, power stations. And they actually found in their own internal report that um, the closure of those power stations would result, would have an an impact on 80,000 jobs in the area. We are very skeptical about the minister's promises around job creation on this issue. We say this because unfortunately our government has a track record of making false promises with regards to Mm. job creation and we have a very, very uh, long history of this. We want enforceable guarantees that, number one, jobs will be protected once this IPP project is implemented. But if jobs are not going to be um, protected and people are going to lose their jobs, then as Minister, we are demanding, for example, that workers must be compensated for life because of the impact of joblessness in South Africa. For life, Pagamile? For life. Wow. That's not an unreasonable request. Yeah. If you consider the fact that in this country, we will uh, compensate pig farmers if their pigs die from an outbreak, why don't we compensate workers when they lose their jobs? Indeed. So let me ask you this question. Uh, some people, I suppose, uh, from a from a panoramic sort of position are suggesting that this is the way of the world. This is the, the way the technology is going. And uh, while NUMSA's um, concerns are valid, the issue of integrating various types of energy or the whole idea of energy mix is an inevitable way that the world is going. And uh, to try and stop this is simply to stand in the way of progress. How does NUMSA respond? NUMSA is actually one of the first, one of the few trade unions which has a record of supporting renewable energy. We resolved in 2012 that we must transition from fossil fuels, particularly because it is our members and their families who are most affected by the impact of climate change. But what NUMSA has always fought for and believed in is a worker-controlled renewable energy sector, a renewable energy sector that is um, uh, community-based, where community members are direct beneficiaries. Mm. That is not the case with this project. Secondly, NUMSA is demanding a just transition in line with the Paris Accord, which the government signed up to. And interestingly, the minister was busy quoting yesterday when he was making his announcement. What he left out is that one of the core principles of the just transition is that um, when you transition from uh, fossil fuels to renewable energy, that transition must not be detrimental to workers and their families. It must not be detrimental to the community. It must not result in job losses. This transition is an unjust transition. There will be guaranteed thousands of jobs which will be lost as a result of this. The state has made no plans for what will happen to these workers. Um, They talk about 60,000 jobs, which will only be created at construction phase. So then what happens after the construction has been completed? Let me ask you, let me ask you about some of the uh, interventions. And I'm sure you were listening to my conversation with Mr. Governor. Uh, some of the interventions that they're talking about, they're saying that uh, this whole process has to be uh, reviewed every two years. 
and that the uh, the general sort of um, underpinning principle is that it has to be uh, community based. Uh, it has to be made such that it uh, benefits directly the communities in which these uh, changes are going to happen. Are you satisfied that that will deliver the kind of 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 uh, settlement that they say is going to be delivered? Well, you know, um, it, what counts in this uh, respect, Aubrey, actions speak louder than words. In this entire pro- process, there's been absolutely no engagement with the community or workers or their families who would be directly involved and would be directly affected. So clearly, it's um, evident that this has been created for the benefit of capital and business people. What is, what and, is NUMSA going to do? And what we're going to do, as we've said, is that we are consulting with our attorneys. We are finding out what our legal options are, and we will utilize them. We are also a trade union, a militant trade union, that has not ruled out mass mobilization uh, as a method to deal with this issue because it affects each and every one of us. We Pagamile. are going to be impacted yeah. by this. Pagamile Shlubi Majola, thank you very much for joining us. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. All right, she is NUMSA spokesperson.